0: Proverbs chapter 3, uh, verses 5 and 6, a very well-known passage, uh, but we're going to kind of draw something out of that today. And uh, <clears throat> uh, Recently, God's, God's really worked on, on me about several different things, and I've, I've shared that in several different capacities. Uh, this is one um, that uh, kind of uh, worked on me a little bit last year, actually, and so I'm kind of bringing that out to, to remind myself maybe a little bit, uh, but... Before we get into to the scripture, um, I do want to ask, how many of you enjoy cleaning? Some of you. A few of you. How many of you enjoy the finished product after the cleaning? And that's like the motivation that you use to like power yourself through the, yeah, okay. Uh, that's, I th- yeah, that's a little bit more. Uh, that's kind of what I thought. Um, I, I don't mind it. Uh, again, I, I kind of use the the... Uh, the goal of the finished product and what it's going to look like afterwards as motivation to uh, get do- get done what needs to get done. And there's certain things that you do certain things uh, projects or tasks that you do that, that you do get that sense of accomplishment. Uh, we recently painted the auditorium in here and it looks amazing and there's a finished product that you look forward to and it's like wow that looks great and the job is done uh, and uh, there's other things that aren't like that uh, like laundry and it just you there's no satisfaction from that because there's never a finished product. It just, there's more. And uh, dishes, kind of the same way, although you do get a little bit more of the empty sink feeling you know, when you're done with that. There's a little bit more of an accomplished thing. Um, but uh, cleaning obviously is important. Um, I, I, pastor jokes with me about having OCD and I will say, I will clarify, I don't have OCD. I realize that that's an actual disorder. Um, and we joke about that. I do like having things organized and in a specific way. It's not the same thing as actual OCD. Okay. So be very clear about that. I just want to make sure we're understanding that. Okay. And because I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from, cause that is a legitimate thing. Okay. So just so we're clear on that. Um, but I do like things to be organized and in a certain way and, and having things structured and all of that. Um, at home we have... Uh, some of those uh, cube storage things, you know, like the different... So we have that uh, in our living room and uh, it's mostly used right now for the kids... Uh, toys and books, and we've been trying to teach the kids to clean up after themselves. Uh, They're getting to that age where it's not just, well, they're past that age now. Um, But uh, getting to that age where, um, you know, it's it's not just, hey, let me go and play and do whatever I want to and then walk away from it. No, trying to get them into some level of responsibility uh, for their own things. And cleaning up after themselves, putting the books away and, and the toys away. And you know when you're getting dressed for school, you don't just leave your clothes on the floor um, and putting them where they're supposed to go and clearing off the table after dinner, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, wives are elbowing their husbands. That's not what's... Okay. Um, <clears throat> some of, I'm still not to that age where I do... Okay. Um, but uh, the, the storage thing that we have in our living room, um, I have reorganized that thing probably 10 different times in the last year. Um, <clears throat> and, and part of it is because I am I do like the organization aspect of it, but inevitably what happens is the kids, when you're telling them to clean up, they don't have that same level of organization yet. They're just looking at, oh, well, there's nothing on the floor. And that's the most important part, apparently. Um, which it is good, but, uh, you know, it, we have some containers in those, in those storage. Uh, those storage cubes there, and each one is designated for a specific thing, or it is supposed to be designated for a specific thing. And uh, there's one for the Lincoln Logs, and there's one for the cars and the vehicles. There's one for all the little characters, the little action figures and stuff like that. Gwen's got one for her tea set and and her, you know, uh, fake makeup and little purse and stuff like that. And then there's a couple ones that that are supposed to be uh, set apart for books. And when I do my organization thing, all the books are organized by, these are the big, thick, you know, books right here. These are the these are the uh, the uh, soft cover books. The hardcover books go over here. And this, okay. But when the kids put them away, they don't they don't share that same mentality. They don't understand that I need to have it lined up and tallest to short. Okay, that's not how that's not how the books get put away every time. That's not. And then you know the 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 Legos end up in Gwen's tea set, and the cars are over here in the Lincoln Logs and stuff. It's like, okay, well, what? Why are we doing this if we're just gonna throw it all in? Okay, um, but each compartment has its own little designated thing. Um, my when I was growing up, uh, I, I guess I kind of get that from from my mom. Uh, she, used, she used to say this, and I didn't, I guess, realize until recently that this was not original to her, um, but uh, she used to say everything has a place and everything in its place. It's been attributed to several different people, including Benjamin Franklin and all that stuff. But uh, but that was that was the phrase that we used uh, growing up when we were supposed to be cleaning up. Uh, it, you know, okay, we don't just throw things, you know, we, t- we pick it up, okay, what is this, where does it go, let's go put it where it is supposed to go. Um, same thing, kind of you do when you're if you're putting dishes away or something like that. You don't just we don't do that with our you know dishes. Just throw them into the cupboard or anything. We are very specific, hopefully, about uh, wh- where that stuff goes. But everything has a place, and everything in its place It means you know we're not just going to shove things under the bed or in the closet. And uh, maybe in a hasty realization that someone is knocking at our door and we want to have a clean house, we do that. But um, but uh, that's not the, the way that we're supposed to do things, okay? Uh, if we're applying that thought, everything has a place, everything in its place, um, you know, we, we, if we are able to take our time and, and focus a little bit on doing that, we're able to be uh, organized and we're able to make sure things are neat and tidy and clean and, and everything is where it is supposed to be. And uh, you know the again these these things have specific compartments. The books go here. The the uh, the uh, Legos go here. The, the cars go here, and and all of that stuff. And as we get older, we we kind of uh, we're trying to get that with the kids. But as we get older, that mindset kind of sticks with us, where we have and the organization and the cleaning should okay. I'm not I'm not denigrating that okay. Uh, that part of it should definitely stick with us. But but uh, the the putting things in its own compartment, and putting things in its own little spot, and that's where it's supposed to go and that's where it's supposed to stay. And uh, kids, when they, when they come home from school, most kids do not want to think about school when they get home from school. Now there are some, some kids that do, and uh, again, some, some maybe with the motivation of, well, let me get my homework done right away so I can spend more time playing outside, and I'm all about that, absolutely, let's do it, good. But, but even adults, you know, you get home from work. Uh, most of the time, you don't want to think about work. You don't want to sit there, and and uh, and sometimes we do. Unfortunately, we allow that to to uh, invade that area of our lives. Um, but we we try to keep work and home life separate. Um, adults, we, we try not to let uh, try not to let our struggles, or if there's a financial issue or something like that, we try not to let that affect our relationship with our kids. You know, we we, we try to keep things separate. We we try to uh, push things apart a little bit uh, when we're uh, enjoying our hobbies, uh, whatever that is. For for you know, everybody's got different things that they enjoy doing. Uh, when you have some free time, whatever that is, whether that's working around the house, whether that's uh, a sport that you enjoy um, or something like that, when you're when you're enjoying that hobby, uh, your your goal is to kind of not have the stresses of life invading that part of your life. Okay. And, and, and I, again, I think there, there's something to be said about that. That's, that, that in some, a lot of cases is a good thing. Um, we unfortunately though allow that mindset too often to be the same mindset spiritually where we, we can, we can keep things kind of separated in our lives from a spiritual aspect. Um, we, we, are able to keep things separate. We we want to make sure everything looks good on the outside, and we put together that that perfect looking. We're all in church, and everybody's looking good today, um, and that's good. We want you to look good, okay? We want to. I, I dress up for church, and somebody asked me about that. Why you know, why suit and tie and all that stuff? It's like I dress up for church because I, when we get dressed up in our society, it's it shows the importance of that event. And we get dressed up for weddings and funerals and all of that stuff, and and I want to show the Lord, especially, but but other people that that church is important to me, and uh, and so I want to I want uh, this is a special event where we get to get together uh, in in God's house, and that's not even in my notes at all, but just a little side note there for you. Um, but uh, we 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 make sure we look good in our appearance, but we we kind of compartmentalize. Uh, some other parts of our lives, we we want to portray this good-looking uh, uh, family or or uh, anything like that, where where we're not showing uh, what's on the inside. The the inner compartment of our heart is is hidden. The, the, the struggles and the, and the stress and the turmoil, the anxiety. And I'm not saying we should come, you know, wearing everything on our sleeves and, and you know, uh, blabbing our burdens all over the place for everybody to hear with no real intention or purpose. That's not what I'm saying either. Uh, but I'm saying we've gotten good at compartmentalizing our lives. We, we've gotten good at, at uh, kind of allowing that mindset uh, to keep us from the correct, proper spiritual mindset, when we compartmentalize our, our outward appearance from our inner man, uh, the, the thoughts, the, the, especially the sin in our lives, we, we make ourselves hypocrites. As it talks about Matthew chapter 23, uh, verses 27 through 28 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are all like whited sepulchers, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. And it's like that—that that person, like I mentioned, that that someone unexpectedly shows up at their house, and uh, you know their their kitchen's a mess, and so uh, the dishes get shoved into the oven, um, and uh, and everything gets put in the, the closet. Gets you know the closet all, all the clothes. Throw them in the closet real quick. We don't want them to see. Sometimes that's what we do with our lives. And then people walk in and oh yeah, this looks great. I love what you've done with the place. You've decorated and everything. But little do they know. Hiding behind that closed door is, is something that's about to fall. You know, if you open the door, everything's just going to fall out on top of you. Uh, again, sometimes we do that spiritually, um, and uh, and so we need to be careful. We need to be we need to be very very careful about not allowing that mindset to be uh, to be the the main the main way that we live our lives. I guess uh, many we've gotten good at looking the part. We've got to look at good at talking the part, acting the part. But a lot of times it's just a show because on the inside, our heart is full of uh, insincerity coupled with, with sin, with, with wrong thoughts, desires. We pretend like everything's okay by showing off that outward, that, that outward compartment of our lives. And, and uh, we, we, hide the, we hide the bad stuff in the basement or in the closet and, and thinking nobody's gonna find out or see, but God sees, God knows. Achan uh, in, in uh, the book of Joshua, uh, sinned and uh, by taking of the, the spoils of Jericho. Thought nobody would find out, thought nobody would know. And, um, and obviously he tried to hide his sin. He buried it, literally buried it in his tent, thinking that nobody's gonna find out. Uh, but God eventually, God, God revealed that. And, uh, and, and there was a, there was a punishment that was, that was doled out because of that. It's a great picture of a lot of, again, a lot of what we try to do in our lives thinking that nobody's gonna know, forgetting that God already sees and knows. Now this is not a, this is not gonna be a message about sin and about hiding sin, although we should not hide our sin, try to hide our sin from God. Number one, obviously we can't. Number two, it's so detrimental to us when we try to cover up our sin and hide our sin, it will affect the rest of our lives, even if we think it doesn't, even if we think it doesn't, it will affect the other areas of our lives if we try to cover up our sin. But that's not the point of the message today. I'm going somewhere with this. Um, this really does lead into the main, the main thought of what I want to talk about. We, we compartmentalize our lives so easily and, and we compartmentalize our sin so easily where we push it and, and we kind of keep it and try to hide it and, and keep it separate. For, for one, one main reason, I believe, is that we've we've compartmentalized God in our lives. Uh, we, we've put God into that closet. We've, we've got God in this section of our lives, but, and, and we want everything has a place and everything in its place, and this is God's place in my life right here, and, uh, and he should not mix with the other areas of my life. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians, that's the way that they live their lives. We obviously have a lot, I mentioned, we have a lot of different aspects, a lot of different compartments of our life, if you will. We have church, good. Uh, we, have, we have a job, um you know if, if you're depending on where you're at in your life, you have school or education, um, or your kids have school and education, then there's that part of your life as well. Um, there's there's family and a good, good, important part of your life, absolutely. Um, mentioned sports or hobbies, uh, and, there, and there's plenty of other things, other other aspects uh, that we could talk about, uh, the financial aspect, and different things that, that we have, and this is this is this part of my life. Um, we have, our Christian compartment. We have this little, this little container, this little section, or this little room of our house. Uh, you know, we we have. Uh, the, the, uh, I, I'm not so much recently, but uh, but you know, you watch those um, renovation shows and stuff like that. If you have ever seen those, and the whole big thing, right? Well, not right now, but. Uh, a lot of it is, is uh, the open floor plan type thing, whereas a lot of the older, older homes have, have more cut up uh, uh, floor plans where there's this room is the kitchen, this room is the dining room, this room is the, the sitting room, this room is the living room, and this room, and there's bedrooms and all that stuff, and, and, and it's all cut up into d- different sections. Um, and now, again, the big thing is the open floor plan where everything kind of flows into everything else. And uh, I'm I'm neither here nor there on which one's better or anything like that. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but again, Christians, we we sometimes try to live our lives like that, where we have those different rooms in our hearts or in our lives, where we have okay, well, this is is designated for this specific spot. You know, we, we have this, this part of our lives. We have this section of our lives and we have walls built up in between every other aspect of our lives and we try to keep those walls there to keep the, the, the ones from invading the other. And again, in some cases, that can be a good thing. Uh, I, I mentioned as a parent, we try not to let, let the stresses or the struggles or whatever it is, we try not to let that affect our relationship with our kids and, and how we parent and all of that. But, but there are some things that do need to be a part of every aspect of our lives. God, of course, being the main thing, being the main one there. Uh, we we have our Christian compartment. It consists of of church services. It consists of coming to Sunday school sometimes. It consists uh, maybe teenagers of going to youth group occasionally. Uh, we have special services. We had our family conference a couple weeks ago, and that was awesome. So that that, that goes into our little Christian compartment. Okay, we have our our occasional Bible reading when we remember, when we you know when when we do decide to take time to do that, Uh, our, our prayer time often just before meals or or before bed with the kids or something like that, and we we when we leave, when we're done with that compartment though, when we leave that room, unfortunately a lot of times Christians we leave God there, and God gets left in one room of our life. It gets left in one room or one compartment of our life, and, and that's not the way it should be. That's, that's not the way we should live our lives. God, God uh, it fits perfectly with what you were talking about, uh, some of what you're talking about where you ended with this morning, Brother LeFlam, and it was, it was great about how God is, God's sitting there knocking at the door. He's not, he's not gonna force yourself into his house, into your house. He's not gonna force himself into every aspect and every room and every area of your life. He's not gonna go digging through every compartment of your, of your life. He's waiting to be invited. He's waiting for you to include him and invite him into that other room. And, uh, and he wants to be invited. He wants to be there. He wants to be a part of every part of your life. He shouldn't just be another guest in our house where, okay, okay, uh, God, you just stay in the guest, guest room right there. And that's where you're at. You're there. I'm glad you're here. You're a part of my life, but you're only in that part of my life. You're only in that little aspect of it. He should, be, he should be in every part of it. He, he, wants, to be like, he, he wants to be like that, uh, that candle that you light and, and the scent kind of fills the house. I love coming home on, on Sunday afternoons. Often we, uh, because of the way that, this, that Sunday works, we often do uh, some sort of a dinner in a crock pot where we put it in the morning and let it, you know, let it cook in the morning and stuff. And you come home and you open the door uh, coming home uh, after the Sunday morning service and that smell just, oh, it's like, oh, man the whole house smells good, and it smells like that meal, and that's how God should be in our lives, where he just just kinda takes over, and you can sense his presence in every room, every part, every area of our lives. Uh, or or uh, we have, uh, and, and don't hate me for this, we have some of those little Alexa uh, things in our house, mostly for playing music. And so we're, we'll be playing music and you can kinda hear it in other rooms of the house. And it, you can, uh, the music that we play is obviously good, godly, Christian music. And we try to, we try to allow that to affect our spirit and our, and our, uh, our attitude. And, and that's what God needs to be, that's what God wants to be in your life, where, where it's just, you can hear him in every part of your life. You can hear him in every aspect, in every area, in every compartment of your life where he has that influence, where he has that effect and can help you no matter where you are in that little compartment of your life, what room you find yourself in, he wants to be there. And he wants to be a part of it. Proverbs 3, verses five and six, we get to the, we get to the, the passage here. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. And we could uh, we could stop there and preach a whole message just about that verse, about trusting God with our whole heart and not leaning to what I think. What what you know? What what is my way, uh, my thoughts? And of course, we know His will, His way, and His thoughts are far above ours. We need to trust Him with that. Verse number six: In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Not just in the way when I'm, when I'm in my spiritual compartment, in my Christian compartment. Not just when I'm at church, acknowledge God. Not just when I'm, uh, when I'm out soul winning or not just when I'm reading my Bible, acknowledge God, but in all of our ways, acknowledging God. God wants to be included in every area of our lives. He wants to have access to every room of our house. Um, unfortunately, though, if we keep God locked in our, our Christian room, he doesn't have the influence that he wants to have, that he could have. In our lives, you know, we'll, we'll we'll go to church and we'll okay, all right, get get that, go to that, ask God to come along with us there, and uh, and then we we kind of lock God back in that room, and uh, he gets forgotten until until the next church service or until we bring our Bible out again, and that's not the way it's supposed to be. We we do sometimes. We, why do we do this? Why do we why do we compartmentalize God along with the rest of our life? Well, maybe it's because maybe it's because of shame. Maybe we don't want God involved in the other aspects of our lives because, of we're, because we're ashamed of some of those aspects. Maybe because of sin or because we're not yielded to God because we're not following his will in some other area of our life. We don't want God to, to come into that part. We don't want God to come into that room of our lives because we're not, we're not yielded to him there. Because we want that to be said, I don't want God's influence in this, in this part of my life. Uh, we're, we're embarrassed, we're ashamed because of something that we've been hiding. Um, Tommy uh, is is in the special needs program at Hanover Elementary School in Meriden, and one of the things that his teacher does at the end of every day, he has a little sheet that he fills out, and and his his teacher, uh, he said today I was and it'll be happy, okay, you know, angry or frustrated, has like emotions and stuff that he puts on there, and so uh, he his teacher circles one, and then Tommy, it's like I thought my day was, and Tommy'll circle one, you know, good or happy or whatever whatever the uh, whatever the thing is. And then uh, it'll also mention what he has for lunch that day because that's important to Tommy, so he has to tell you what he had for lunch that day. Um, but at the bottom, Mr. C is, is Tommy's teacher and he's an awesome teacher, just loves Tommy and, and uh, it's, it's been a great, great thing to have, uh, to have him in Tommy's life. And, um, but at the, at the end of every day, he'll write a little note on the bottom of that paper and will say, Thomas had uh, a good day or Thomas had a great day or Thomas had an okay day or Thomas had a tricky day. And that's when we get into, some, we'll have, have some of those where it's like, okay, tricky days. Often we're expecting a, a little message in their, uh, in their parents Square app where they communicate with the parents and all that stuff. And like, okay, what happened? What happened? Did, did, uh, did something happen? Did you do something? What was going on? And so usually, when Tommy gets, gets out of school, he'll have his backpack and in his little folder and that paper's in there and Anna said, okay, what kind of day did you have? And she, he'll, give, he'll get his folder out and he'll give it to her and, and she'll look, oh, you had a good day today, that's awesome, you, know, you had a great day today, great, that's, that's amazing, okay day, You know, could have been other situations, other circumstances. But often, if he has a tricky day uh, and my wife says, okay, Tommy, how was your day? Let me see your paper, let me see your folder. No, 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 don't look at it. Don't look at it. Okay, well, it looks like it was a tricky day. (laughs) And that's sometimes how we are, where God says, okay, come on, I I wanna be involved in this part of your life. We say, no, no, don't look at this part of my life. No, I I don't want you here, because I'm ashamed of this, because I'm embarrassed about this, because I have a struggle in this area. And we do that same thing where we hold back and we don't allow God into that part of our life because we're embarrassed or we're ashamed of what's in that part of our life, and that's again, God. God, we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, um, but but God is the one that can give us help with whatever that is, that struggle. We, we we why do we compartmentalize God? We do this because of fear. And We talk about fear in the in the Sunday school hour, and again, I think it fits perfect fits perfectly there. We we do this because of fear. Why do we keep God compartmentalized? Why do we keep him in that room? Why do we keep him in that in that separate compartment in our lives? We do it because of fear, because we don't want God to have full control. We're, we're scared to give over control because well, what if, what if God changes something? What, what if I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable where I am and if God changes something, I might be uncomfortable. If he starts cleaning up my life or starts changing the way things are organized and things are set up in my life, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. I, I want to be in control. I want to be in charge. And, and uh, there, there's a trust issue there. We fail to see the need for God because we've gotten good at doing things ourselves. Well, I, I want to be the one that sets everything up. I want to be the one that, that has everything in order. And, and, and uh, I think, uh, again, we as Christians, we get so good at, at living the Christian life that we often forget the Christ that we are living for. We're very good at doing things ourselves and falling into the routine, and this is the way things are supposed to look. So this is the way I'm going to have it look up to a certain point, and and uh, and and we've left the Lord out of it. We we understand what what is what is. Uh, required or what the look is supposed to be, but uh, we don't, and we don't want God to change it. We don't want God to say something different. We don't want Him to come in and and tell us, well, that shouldn't be there. That shouldn't be in this room. Let me reorganize this room. Let me take the trash out of this room. And and, and so we leave God in His because we're scared of giving Him full control. And using the using the house illustration again, um, I I, uh, I don't I don't know how I would feel about giving someone else carte blanche in terms of, hey, here's my house, do whatever you want to with it in terms of of renovation, in terms of decoration, in terms of all that. I'm like, I'm not sure I'd be comfortable giving someone else just, you know, hey, here you go, do whatever you want to, whatever you think is going to be best, whatever you think is good. I'm not sure that I'd be okay with that. And, and most of you would be this, probably be the same way. You want to have some input and some say in how your house is set up and the, the, you know, what it looks like and, and how it's decorated and the paint colors maybe on the wall uh, and all that stuff. And, that, and that's understandable. In our spiritual life, however, that's not the way that it should be. It, it's, not my, it's not my call what my life is supposed to look like. It's not my job to say, well, this is what I think my life the way my life is supposed to go. This is the way everything is organized. That's, that's for the Lord, that's for the Lord. And so we, we are not comfortable, or we are, we are too comfortable and don't wanna give up that comfort by allowing the Lord into every area of our lives because we don't want the change. We know that, he, we talk about the, the life-changing power of, of surrendering to God, we talk about that all the time and we understand that, but I think we understand that too well and it, and it conflicts with our, with our comfort level and so we don't want to surrender because we don't want the change. We've gotten too comfortable as Christians just say, oh, I'm happy with where I'm at. I'm Yes, I go to church and, and I read my Bible sometimes and I'm, I've fallen into this comfortable routine. And if I let God, if I fully surrender to God and let him in every aspect of my life, he might change that. And though we may have that understanding he's gonna change it for the better, it still, it still takes some faith and some trust for us to be able to give over that control completely to God. So we, we, we keep God in this little guest room in our house out of fear. Sometimes we do it because of laziness. We've prioritized other things for so long that it would be difficult for us to put in the time and the effort necessary to allow God to have that influence in other parts of our life. Because the, the Christian life is, is not one of laziness, the Christian, the Christian life is one, of, is one of steps of faith. It is one of effort. It is one that we, we shouldn't just coast through. It is one where we need, we need to be involved. And, and yes, we let the Lord have control, but then we work alongside him when he desires to make a change in our lives. And so again, I think we, sometimes because of laziness, we, we keep God separate. So how do we overcome this? How do we overcome this compartmentalized Christianity? How do we, how do we acknowledge God in all of our ways? In all thy ways, acknowledge him. In all thy ways acknowledge him. How do we do this? First of all, we need to recognize the need for God in our lives. We need to recognize the need for God in our lives. And mentally, I think all of us would would agree that I need God. It's an easy thing to say, easy thing to say. But when it comes down to how we put that into practice, it becomes a little bit different. It becomes a little bit more difficult. The first thing, obviously, would recognize the need for God in your life for salvation. Number one, most importantly, we need God for salvation. Uh, we, we cannot save ourselves. We cannot get to heaven on our own. All our righteousness, just read it the other day, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And, and so even though we claim to do good, it will never measure up to the holiness of God. All have sinned and, fall and come short of the glory of God. And uh, so we, we need God for salvation. He sent his son Jesus, we mentioned John 3.16 in the Sunday school hour as well. He sent his son Jesus to, to die on the cross, to be buried, to be raised again, to pay for our sin. And we, that is the only way through, through Jesus we can have salvation. Most, a lot of people, I would trust most of the people in this room have either given a testimony of salvation personally to me or, or in front of the church or, or something like that, and, and, and God lives and dwells in your house. Talk about the Holy Spirit being indwelled, and the Holy Spirit's there, and he's living inside of you, and that's an amazing thought. It's, an in, in, it's, it's difficult to comprehend, but it is amazing, and it is wonderful to have the Holy Spirit to live inside of you. So God's a tenant in your house, but does he have access to everything? Does he have access to everything? We need God in our life. For salvation, yes, but also for other things. We need God for satisfaction. We need God for satisfaction. We look, this world is looking for satisfaction. It's looking for something to satisfy them. People are looking for it in, in many, many different ways. Social media, You're looking for satisfaction through social media, I think it kind of gives the opposite. Social media, I think, produces dissatisfaction. You're, you're seeing these highlights of everybody else's life, and you're seeing the struggle on a day-to-day basis in your life, and they don't compare. They don't match up. And so that, that doesn't bring satisfaction. We, we look for it in, in accomplishments or achievements, and we strive and we struggle. And I, I agree, we should work hard, and we should do our best and, and strive to grow in every area of our lives and achieve things and, and have those accomplishments, but that's not where true satisfaction is gonna come from. People look for the satisfaction in relationships. And there are, some, there are some very God-ordained and fulfilling relationships out there, but there's only one that's gonna bring satisfaction, and that is with the Lord. That relationship is the only one that's gonna bring satisfaction. We need God, yes, for salvation, but for satisfaction in our lives as well. We need God for satisfaction. Uh, some, something that's gonna bring that, that sense of fulfillment and meaning to your life. And we, we're trying to live a life of meaning and I want my life to mean something. The only way that that's gonna happen is through a relationship with Christ. Amen. It's the only way we have meaning in our lives. We can accomplish everything in this world. We can, we can be successful. We can be financially well off and we can do, have all of this stuff, but that is meaningless yes, without that relationship with God without true, full surrender to God, allowing him access to every part of our life and every part of our house, if you will. For alliteration's sake, for serenity, for peace. Why do we need God in our life? For peace, for peace. Peace is something that people crave. Times where there's no stress, no burdens, no trials. But I I don't know, maybe rare to me, at, at least in my experience here, limited experience on this earth, Rare is the case where there's a time like that, where there are no burdens, where there is no stress, where there's no trials, there's no struggles. I, I, living carefree, if, if, you, if you live a life like that and, you're, and you're, you're either oblivious or you're the most blessed person on earth, one of the two. But th- there, there are those things. Peace is not the absence of struggles. It's not the absence of trials. It's the knowledge that God is in control and that he has, he has full control over me individually, over the world, and, and he's the one that's going to bring that peace into my life. If peace is only found in the times when you have no burdens, no stress, no trials, no struggles, we will never have peace in this life. We, we won't. If it's only found in those situations, we're looking for something that is, that is almost non-existent but God can bring that that peace, that serenity in our lives. This is, again, we're talking about why we need God in every aspect of our life. We may have peace when we're sitting here in church and and, and man, I just, I love being uh, with God's people and I love hearing the word of God preached and taught and all that. And yes, so we can have, ah, just that kind of, that that sense of peace. But then we go home or or then we go to work and and we have this struggle and and we say, "Why, why don't I have peace in this part of my life? It's because you've left God in that compartment, in that room in your house, and you're not bringing God with you. He says, I can give you peace, but you're leaving me out of this part of your life. You're you're, you're keeping me separate. And that's not the way we should live our lives. That's not the way God wants us to live our lives. We need God in our lives for salvation, for satisfaction, for serenity, but we need it for strength. We need him for strength. Strength, the, the ability to, to to stay motivated and, and energized and, and enough to do what is necessary, both physically, yes, but also spiritually. Uh, that's that's another thing that people are looking for, motivation, and and, and trying to, we talked about cleaning earlier, and uh, you, you use things to motivate yourself, whether it's company coming or whether it's just, man, this has gotten out of hand, and we use it as motivation or the end result, picturing that in your mind, and this is what I want it to look like, and so we, we find motivation, Uh but spiritually, that's found in Christ. That's found in that relationship with God where we have the, look at what God has done for me. Look at what God has done for me. And just in an effort to say thank you to God, I know it'll never be enough, but he can then give me the strength that I need to do what I need to do. We're, we search for these things in, in every room of our house, in every room of our life where we're where we're looking, man, I want peace, I want that satisfaction, I want that, I want that strength that I need. And God's just sitting there quietly knocking, Have what you're looking for. You unlock the door of the guest room and let me out. Let me let me come into the other parts of your house. Let, let me let me uh, let me help you with your job. Let me help you with that relationship with your neighbors. Let me help you with your finances. Let me help you with those different things. And and I can give you the peace and and the strength that you need and the wisdom that you need. But we've relegated him to the closet or to the basement to to, to a place that we that we. We just we bring them out on Sundays and, okay, God, your part, but but uh, not for this part, not not at my job. No, that's a, that's a separate thing. But God can give us all of that. God says, I can help you with your struggles. I can give you the strength that you need to go on. Psalm 107, verse nine, talking about satisfaction, he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Philippians four, uh, verses six and seven, be careful for nothing but in everything, we see those words again, Okay, in all thy ways acknowledge him in everything. By prayer, uh, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. We see that comparison again in everything. When we surrender everything to God and we allow him access to every part of our lives, that's when he gives us that peace. Isaiah 40, verse 31, talking about strength, a verse that you probably could all quote. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So number one, how do we overcome compartmentalized Christianity? We recognize the need for God in our life. Number two, we acknowledge God in all areas of our life. Okay, well, that's just quoting the verse. Yes, in all that ways, acknowledge God. We need to recognize our need for God and understand the, the benefits of bringing God into every aspect of our life, but but acknowledge God in all areas yes every single area of our life our relationships our job recreation even thought life private life our interactions every aspect of our life God wants to be involved he wants to be present he wants to be influential in that area of your life as Christians we we, we can't we, we kind of live hypocritically where we say we understand all of this about God and how amazing God is, but then we don't take advantage of the fact that we could have his presence in our life. What? Well, the, what's, what's the disconnect here? What, what are we missing? If God says, I can do all of this for you, I can bring you peace, I can bring you satisfaction, I can give you the strength that you need. Okay, God, God I understand, that's awesome. Wow, that's such an amazing promise. You stay in that room. And I'll let you know when I need you. We're missing out on so much that God has for us because we've, we've kept God in this corner of our house. So how do we do this? How do we acknowledge God in every area of our life? Well, we start, start, start the day off right. Start the day off right. The Bible says in Psalm 63, verse number one, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee my soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And I think this does have a dual application. I think early in life, absolutely. Uh, as a parent with little kids, trying to teach our kids that they need to seek God early in their life. And, and a walk with God and reading their Bible is not just something for adults. It's not just something for, well, when I graduate high school, then I'll start my relationship with God. No, that's not how it works. Early will I seek thee, but I think early in the day as well. And, and there's many other verses that we could look at, especially in the book of Psalms that talk about early in the morning Will I seek thee and will you hear hear my voice? There's a a verse that I put on the the screen of my computer in my office that I don't use the screen of that computer anymore. And so there's just a, a little sticky note that has a verse that talks about, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. Starting your day off, right, there's something to be said about spending time with God early in the morning. It is the best way to start your day. And some people think that's a cup of coffee and I'm not opposed to doing both together. Okay, but the Lord is the one that's gonna give you the most benefit to your day. And so, and I, listen, I understand some of you, your, your schedule's crazy, and, and depending on the, the, the shift that you work and different things like that, I, I know that things can get kind of different and weird and all that stuff. So yes, we need to make time every single day to read your Bible, to spend time with the Lord. That is important, that is vital. And so some of you, I know that there's, well, I, I can't, just the way my schedule works, I have to do it at this specific time, and that's great, that's awesome. I'm just speaking from experience for myself personally. I know that if I start going through the day and I, and I miss that time in the morning with the Lord, it's very, very difficult to block out another chunk of time later in the day to make it happen. And there's some people where their, their, time's, their time is at night. And again, all for it, absolutely. Please spend time with the word, in the word of God. Please spend time with God whenever you can, absolutely. But again, for me, I, I just find I, I want that strength and that peace to start my day. And that's gonna carry me, help me carry through the day and be able to do what I need to do. It kind of sets the tone for the day, and that I get myself in a spiritual mindset early in the morning, and I can allow that. And then I have something to meditate on throughout the course of my day. Whatever I read and whatever, whatever God spoke to me about from the Word of God, I can think about the rest of my day, acknowledge God, and, and that's a, a way, I, as I go through my day, I can allow God to be a part of my day by what he spoke to me about that morning, by my meditation on that thought or that verse or whatever it is that he gave me that morning. So start the day off right. How do we acknowledge God in all areas of our life? Well, we, we keep God involved. Keep God involved. Say, so, okay, well, what does that mean? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17, kind of the second shortest verse in the Bible, pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. And and say, so, okay, well, I'm supposed to just pray all day long? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not that you're reading through a prayer list all day long necessarily, but to have that mindset of prayer where you are including God in every area of your life, where you are including God in every aspect of your life. We should not reserve our communication with God for one designated prayer time. We don't do that in other relationships. Well, this is the time that we have carved out for husband and wife to communicate to each other and then we ignore each other the rest of the day. No, that doesn't work. That's not how it's supposed to be. There's little bits of communication all throughout the day to check in, to, to make sure that things are going well, to make sure you're on the same page and all of that. So how, what, what does that mean? How do we do that? So when you enter a new situation, when you enter a difficult situation, Lord, give me wisdom. Give me guidance to make the right decision in this situation. Help, help me to understand uh, what, what you want me to do. When you're, when you're gonna be interacting with people and you know you're going into a meeting or something like that, whether spiritual or at your job or wherever, uh, Lord, help me, help me to honor you with what I say. Give me the right words to say. Help me to please you. Help me to be an encouragement to this person. You're acknowledging God in that aspect of your life. You're bringing him in and keeping him involved in that part of your life. When, when you have nothing going on, when, when there's nothing, when there is no situation, when you're just sitting there, when you're bored, God, protect my thoughts. Keep me safe, keep me pure, keep me holy. Help, me not, help my mind not to let the flesh take over and, and, and just keep me right, Lord. When you're, when you're going into a, a Sunday morning, when you're going into a place where you're gonna hear the word of God preached, God, keep me focused. Remove any distractions in my heart and, and help me be sensitive to hear your Holy Spirit. Yield, Holy Spirit, I wanna yield to you and I wanna listen to your voice. Would you speak to me today? including God in every aspect of our life, every area of our life. We bring him in. We invite him to be there. We want him to be involved. But then we have to submit. That's number three. We have to submit to his leading. We have to submit to his leading. James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submission is yielding to a superior force or authority. And again, I think all of us would have that head knowledge where we understand that that is the role, that that is the position of God in our lives. He is superior. He is. He should be the authority. We understand, I mentioned the verse earlier uh, in Isaiah, where, where his thoughts and his ways are far above ours. We have that understanding, so let's submit to that. We, are so, we can be so stubborn and pride, and again, speaking from experience here, we can be so stubborn and prideful that we are unwilling to give up our own way even though we know God's way is better. We we can be so stubborn sometimes about that because of the unknown, because of the fear, because of the embarrassment, because of the, maybe again, just sometimes laziness that we have. We don't wanna take those steps. We're comfortable where we are, but we need to submit. Allow the Holy Spirit and allow him to be that biggest influence in our life. The influence of our thoughts, our words, our actions, our decisions, our perspective, our interactions, every aspect of our life. I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that guides me through that. I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that guides me. If we're using the, the home illustration, I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that helps me clean that room up. I want the Holy Spirit to be the one that reorganizes the way that I do things in that room, uh, in that aspect of my life, in that, in that part of my life. Okay, this this room is my my relationship with my wife and my kids, and, and God, I want you to come in and be a part of this, be in this room, and help me, and, and help me to do it the right way. Help me to have things uh, organized and, and set up the way that you want me to have it set up, and, and we include God in every aspect of our life. We, then we submit he says okay and then he comes in and says okay I want you to do this you need to get rid of this this is trash you get rid of that I need you to do this I want you to reorganize this and I want you to put this in a priority in a prominent place in this room and I want you to do this and this we say ah yeah about that I kind of like things the way they are well what's the point of inviting him in if we're not going to submit if we're not going to listen to what he actually has to say if what he's what he's going to do and we're just okay I hear what you're saying but I think my way's better no we need to actually submit and give in Man, some of us, we've locked God in that compartment because we know, he, he has spoken to you about something that you need to get right, about something that you need to change, about a, a change that needs to be made in your life or some sin that needs to be gotten rid of. We, when God comes out for a little bit, we've invited him into that area and, and, and he says, okay, now let's get this right. Oh, nope, God, you're going back to the guest room because we don't want to hear that. Oh man, no, don't mess with that area of my life. This is my, this is my man cave over here of my life. No, absolutely not. We should not have that in our, in our spiritual life. That's not how the the Lord wants to work in your life. Maybe he's tried to clean up other areas of your life and we we didn't want that. You're too attached to your sin, your comfort, your control. But we need to submit. We need to submit. We need to let him have full control in our lives. He wants to have that influence. Like I mentioned, that that sweet smelling candle that just invades every room of the house, That, that music that can just be played and can be heard and can influence your spirit and your attitude in every aspect of your life, that's what God wants to be in your life. He wants to be that influential, uh, he's more, and I'm not doing this justice, this is, he, he's so much more than that. I, I don't wanna sound minimizing to what, the, what God can do in your life. There's, there's so much more that we could talk about, about the about the blessings and the benefits and the power that he could give you in your life. But hopefully you've understood what I'm trying to say here. God does not want to be relegated to one part of your life. God doesn't wanna just be stuck in your little Christian box and when you bring him out on Sundays, and then when you get home, or even maybe when you get in the car, he goes back in the box and you turn on the radio, and, and then God's saying, hey, hey, don't listen to that. He, he wants to have an influence on every aspect of your life. I, I don't know where you're at today, but the Holy Spirit does, just like Aiken. God, what, what God knows what he has access to. God knows what, where you're at in your life. Where is God in your life? Is he trapped in some box? Is he trapped in a closet in your life? Does he have access to every room in your house? We, hopefully we understand, we recognize how much better our lives would be and how much, how much more yielded and how much more uh, effective we could be as a Christian and as a witness if we would let God into every aspect of our house instead of compartmentalizing him and just relegating him to where, where we have him. If we would simply allow God to be more involved in, in more than just our Sunday routine, more than just a simple prayer before dinner, more than just any of that, God wants to have an influence in every aspect of our lives and he would be such a blessing. He would be such, uh, He would give you peace, that satisfaction, that, that, that strength that you need. Maybe it's salvation today. Maybe, maybe, maybe you've never accepted God into, into your life. Maybe you've never made that decision where you, you acknowledge your need for a savior. Maybe you're, that's where you're at and you say, okay, you know, I, yeah, I understand that God can be a blessing to me and he can, he can and not that it's about me, him blessing me, it's, it's about us glorifying him, but, but God can help me do that so much better if I'll allow him full access and full control in my life. But maybe you're at that point where you say, you say I, I, don't, I don't know that I'm saved, I don't know that I've ever accepted Christ into my life. How many of you would say you have done that where you where you said, okay, there's been a time in my life where where Christ knocked on, my, on, on the door of my heart, if you will, with that illustration and said, hey, I, I know that you need salvation. You need me for salvation and you accepted him as your savior. How many of you would have that testimony where you've been saved at some point in your life? Praise the Lord, amen. That is such an awesome thing and that and that's 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 the first step, but let's not leave that as the only relationship that we have with Christ. It needs to be so much more than that. Let's have our heads bowed and eyes closed.